Hello and welcome to episode number 208 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Okay mate, okay. Try not to melt, you know. Yes, it's usual. very, very hot, yes. Us, the British people, we do not like this. <laughs> it is no, horrible. We're not, um, we're not built for it, we're not prepared no, for it. We're it's really horrible. not wasting away um but yeah we are back with another week um back to talk about the rental um not a shutter release actually this week just on other digital services um mm. and yeah this one looked pretty interesting um so yeah we'll get to that later on um and, but first there's some news um and yeah before we get into the regular news actually hopefully by now if all's gone well because i spent a lot of time trying to set all this up um you'll well, by the time you listen to this podcast you should have some different artwork on whatever device you listen to um hell yeah because, yeah, for the first time in four years and over 200 episodes, um, we finally have some new artwork to look at, which is pretty sweet. Um, and, yeah, it's been a very long time coming. I don't even know if we even mentioned I think we mentioned it on the show, didn't we? I think we yeah, I think we put ago. some stuff out a few months ago saying mm. we were looking to kind of collaborate with someone. To, we, had a, we had an idea of what we wanted and we mm. needed someone to kind of make it for us. And, uh, yeah, we finally got in touch with the right people and made it happen. Yeah, I'm super happy with it. It's turned out so much better than I even imagined. Um, definitely let us know what you think of it because, yeah, I, I personally think it looks awesome. Love the logo and everything about it. Um, and, yeah, it's great. You know, it's been a long time coming. We've wanted it for so, so long where we had this idea of what we wanted. And it's so awesome to finally see it be a reality. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> hopefully you guys like it. And also, like, people have asked in the past about merch and that sort of stuff. Um, and my answer was always... I didn't feel comfortable with the whole with what we had because it was so bare bones. Um, whereas now the fact that we have a really nice logo, in my opinion, and really cool artwork as well, um, we're definitely going to be looking into merch options. So if you are one of those few that have reached out in the past, um, definitely let us know on Twitter or email if you are one of those people that would be interested in merch, just so we get a general idea of how many people would want it. Um, because it is definitely something I'm working on now. Um, definitely, and I think now's the time as well. Like if you've listened to the podcast for a short time or a long time give us that review give mm. us that review on whatever you listen to and then go on the other platforms and give it a, give us a review as well because uh <laughs> we want this artwork to get bumped up those podcast feeds so uh yeah old listeners new listeners give that review on anything you possibly can yeah we would greatly appreciate it we know who those people are who always reach out so yeah do us a favor this would be awesome um but yeah back, back to the sort of regular news this week um there's actually some really interesting stuff this week um so kicking things off with the first two stories are about lionsgate movies um mm. that are both very fascinating um so yeah i think we even these are one of those ones where it's just changing week by week at this point but we talked a lot about antebellum in the last few weeks um obviously it was going to come back uh, come out in april initially obviously everything got delayed it got bumped to i believe it was the 21st of august um and then very recently even last week or the week before it was pulled indefinitely from release um so we just didn't know when we we're gonna see it um and then kind of out of nowhere um a few days ago um they put up the tweet and then kind of released the information where it has a new release date um the new release date is september 18th for this one and it is being kind of marketers as watch at home um that's kind of like they, they released like a new trailer and it's supposed to be it was weirdly worded the whole thing i don't know if you checked out the yeah. um the initial tweet because it i don't know if they were if it was a marketing strategy a marketing strategy or if it was just them being a little bit salty like i don't know if you read that at all from what they were saying the wording but it was kind of like the the big screen event but you get to watch it at home sort of thing like i, I just think it was um i think they're just maybe they're know, just trying to say that it's like a premium film sort yeah of thing. just 
trying to put a spin on it and still trying to show that this is a premium film. Mm, yeah, for sure. But um, and yeah, so it's part of the obviously the release. Yeah, September eighteenth on on digital services then, but they are still going to be hitting some international markets. They said, and I think this is what we're starting to see. Kind of, Tenet was the first one that was saying like they're more than happy to release outside of the u.s i guess is the easiest way to put it mm-hmm. um and yeah now we're seeing movies like this as well saying like oh yeah it'll hit some international markets and i think that basically means like yeah if you're in a country that's lucky enough to have cinemas we- we'd love to put it in there um but of course the main the main two markets being u.s and china are looking very unlikely for the foreseeable future um so i think this is kind of that they're going to try and take as much revenue as they can but also mm-hmm. realize that they can't as we've said time and time again, not every movie can just move to 2021. They need to at least try and salvage this year. Um, and I think that's a great choice, especially for a movie like this and we'll, the movie that we're about to talk about in a second as well. I think that there's going to be so many huge movies, not even talking about horror, and there are big horror yeah, movies. Yeah, well, that's you know, what Quiet we Place, Halloween. Week, um, the, the last week, you know, um, we went through the list of 2021 movies and we're mm. like, every week is going to be stacked, like, with movies. Yeah, it's going to be an insane year. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, if it's you've got, like... It's not viable, I don't think. No, and obviously it's all assuming that 2021 is going to be fine. Mm. But, like, um, you know, a movie like this must be looking at it and thinking, well, when would we release in 2021 to get any sort of buzz? Whereas now, like, you know, we've seen it with Train to Busan, um sequel kind of coming out in very restrictive territories and doing quite well um you know being number one in the box office which is cool Mm. um and i think you know movies like this it makes perfect sense for you know this this isn't a movie that was high on my list really Mm. like obviously the 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 slight kind of jordan um tinge they put on it um from the same production company or all that that they slap all over the poster gets me somewhat excited but but the actual premise and stuff didn't do too much for me but now Mm. i'm like clamoring for it yeah (laughs) so like you know it's perfect whereas if it was coming out in like march or april next year and i'm like well i've got a million awesome horror movies and non-horror movies to watch this this movie will get lost in the ether yeah definitely this this to me is one of those ones that just has to come out right now they can't keep waiting for that that you know the brilliant horizon that may never come where like you say there's going to be so many movies coming out and there's just not going to be enough screens where something like an antebellum they could easily be like oh yeah we have it now and cinemas are open they're like look we don't have the screens like we're already showing all of these new movies and all these other different types of movies it's just not going to happen well that's the problem they're looking for these two perfect scenarios the perfect scenarios where worldwide cinema is open and mm. that there are no other films, big films getting released in that period. Because, you know, this is not a marquee giant movie. So, like, mm. it will get swallowed up by something, you know. Even if, it, you know, it opens set, oh, same week, weekend as Black Widow. Like, mm. it's, it's going to die. So, like, it has to be sensible with it. Yeah, that's what's crazy about all of this is like what you said. If if twenty twenty one is back to normal, then it's going to be insane for cinema goers and film lovers because it is going to be a big release. I think a big release every single week. I, I honestly can't see it. Like, there's what fifty two weeks. Like, there's obviously going to be at least fifty two big films coming out next year. So you're not going to have a weekend where you, you have it to yourself. Whereas you know, think about like us last year and how it did have that really nice sweet spot in march where it was able to like dominate the box office for a few weeks um Mm. i just don't see that happening to a movie of that level right now and it sucks because i love those success stories um but it's a shame but that that is just a reality and so yeah bringing it back to this movie i'm super glad like we just 
for obviously for us for the podcast we just want to see new horror and having a release date that's like a month away that seems pretty firm considering all the things um i'm, I'm just i'm excited to see it really um but yeah moving on to the next one um this one kind of this one hasn't been confirmed yet. I believe that, yeah, Deadline are reporting this. Um, so, again, you know, the ridiculously reliable source, um, but not 100%. Um, but it's the other Lionsgate movie, Run. Um, it was weird because, obviously, at the start of the year, we had Spiral, we had Run, and we had Antebellum as, like, these free, mm. interesting-looking movies all from Lionsgate. Um, and, obviously, Spiral was, like, the first one to be, like, that was clearly their biggest movie, and so they obviously didn't want to keep the theatrical release for that. Um but we said about run you know that was immediately kind of um pulled off the schedule and never got a new date and that was supposed to come out back in may i believe um well so uh deadline are reporting that apparently hulu are in talks to release the movie now um so that is looking like one of the few that will be skipping the theatrical release entirely and is more of a right Lionsgate have this movie let's sell it to a digital company um and try and make some money back off it and i think that's what we I've wanted to see more of like it's it is wild to me how little i think netflix have kind of acquired through the yeah, pandemic but also strange. i guess they i guess they just have so many of their own properties at this point that they're more focused on that you know they're they're more worried about getting production on the witcher and stranger things going rather than like buying other people's films at this point but i, I still think in the meantime it would have done them and everyone a lot of good um but yeah so yeah, no release date on this one it? it's very difficult i think kind of you know they um you look at you look at something like Netflix, and are they just making bank anyway? Because everyone's mm. just binging their other stuff. So like exactly. we've seen, we've seen on like you know Netflix are very cagey with what they release numbers wise. You only mm. know what they want you to know. And like if they're just sitting there thinking, my God, like everyone just uh, all sport got cancelled, all cinema got cancelled, and everyone got a Netflix subscription, and we'll let them just watch Friends. Um, mm. You know, I think I think that was you know potentially where they're at with it yeah um but yeah you know can't wait to see new horror and, and yeah it's good that we're not starting this week with delays yeah like at least it's information you know where it's like okay annie bellum's only a month away it's not too bad and with this one yeah not a release date but um i i have to hope that it's this year like it would be crazy if they did all of this and then we're like right we're just gonna sit on it for 2021 yeah, bring it out in april yeah um but yeah next up kind of a slightly different news from this is um actual release dates for something that we didn't have dated um i think we talked about this like a while ago it's a, it's one of those weird ones really where um it's the fear street um movie adaptations Ooh, um okay, yeah. so yeah like the, they're kind of the rl stein books that aren't goosebumps um yeah. I, i've not read any of the fair street stuff that's why i'm not overtly familiar with this mm-hmm. um so i could be wrong with some of the stuff i'm saying but basically what i do know is that a trilogy of those books has already been adapted so like the same director basically made three mini movies okay and, nice um they, they kind of were done a while ago and we just didn't really know what was going on with them um because i think the company that like made it it might have been to do with a fox thing and then with the whole you know disney buying fox everything mm. gets really messy and then it's like oh it's child friendly but then it's also a bit horror-y so what what do they do with it um yeah and it definitely toes the line a lot more than goosebumps <laughs> yeah that's what that's kind of what i gathered from it um but yeah again deadline have um kind of broke the story on this one saying that it has been acquired by netflix um nice. so the free fair street movies um and apparently the plan is to air them one month apart in summer 2021 so this time next Dude. year they'll be airing them a month apart and What's it's basically 
um i was just gonna end it because it's basically it's gonna be this rebranding for netflix where they're gonna be calling it the summer of fear um so i don't know if that obviously with it having fear in the name i don't know if that's just the way they're branding fear street movies or if they are gonna have a focus on horror in general um because yeah obviously like stranger things could easily come out then you've obviously got multiple um like flanagan projects in the works um you know hopefully something like midnight mass could come out in summer as well um yeah. so that would be fantastic if netflix did really go all in on that in the summer because that would be that would obviously be great for us um was this the one that i spoke about where they were going to do multiple movies back to back to back or was it goosebumps that they're doing something similar with as well it might have been this because the only thing yeah, I've heard with Goosebumps yeah. is um, they're doing like the, they are bringing it back as a TV show. Was the last uh, I yeah. heard. It was probably this what that I had in mm. my upcoming list at the start of the year. And like, yeah, I read quite a few of the the Fair Street books. I remember mm. as a kid when I read the first one, not not the the first one released, but my first one. It was a, it was something to do with a babysitter that was being terrorized. And yeah. I remember like finishing it and thinking, nope, I'm going back to Goosebumps for a bit. <laughs> Because yeah. it was like it was definitely a step up, and I was like, "Nope, not ready." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I was so. just reading. Apparently, Fair Street did start before Goosebumps, which I didn't even oh, realize. Okay. Um, yeah. I wonder but, what it was. It was some sort of babysitter one. Like, uh, if I saw the cover art, I'd recognize. I it. think I did see that cover earlier, actually, when I was looking at it. But the the description I've I've heard for these three movies doesn't sound like that. They are interlinked, mm. and um, they are all set in like different time periods. There's like some in the '90s and some in the '70s, which I think is pretty cool as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is definitely something that i can't wait to watch for sure like i think and again definitely. netflix is great like when, i remember when we first heard about this and when you start doing the whole like trilogy of movies thing at the same time it's just i don't see how that's ever going to get a theater release um no. so no, yeah no. netflix like a month apart is great gives people time to like watch it catch up and everything and, and if they tr- if if this summer of fear thing is true and they are trying to rebrand it and they and it will have more genre stuff like man i cannot wait um i just wish it was this year obviously um and then yeah lastly on the sort of regular news just a very small one here um but it's a nice little update on tremors um obviously we always need that <laughs> exactly um so the new movie which is apparently still coming this october as all we've heard um is it did get its um mpaa rating which was pg-13 um as to be expected really um but also it got a new title um so it was originally called tremors island fury um and now it's called tremors shrieker island um so of course the the shriekers um which uh, in this news i don't know if this is true or not but it says that the shriekers were last seen in tremors free like is that right have they really only been in like because obviously they were in two the, the originally um were they only in two and three like have they really I not mean, been in like maybe sequels? because because uh, so mostly graboids and Arthur, kind of, yeah. Because the fourth one, they went El Blanco, didn't they? Just yeah, so that, like was, the that one. was 100% just a graboid. And then, yeah. and then I, I remember the last movie, they were obsessed with Arse Blasters. The last couple, definitely, yeah. Because yeah. this is the seventh one, yeah. So I think five yeah. and six maybe was just graboids and Arse Blasters. But yeah, it was just like, oh, <laughs> we need the graboids because they're cool. And then, mm. like, oh, we're going to have Arse Blasters because there's a lot of jokes to be had yeah um, so that blows me away because i love the shriekers they are my favorite yeah. villain and i think that's why tremors 2 is my favorite of the franchise so like i'm buzzing i, I want to see more shriekers i love the whole mechanic with how they can only see heat like heat seeking and all that stuff i think is awesome um but yeah i want to see a new tremors movie man cannot wait <laughs> and richard breaks yeah. in this one as well so <laughs> okay, <I'm in>. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty much it for the news this week like, i really enjoyed all those stories like they were actually some really really cool stuff this week um, good for you man good for you <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you're, you're the Debbie Downer this week. That was a, that was a plot twist. Um, <laughs> shall we talk about this week's I, I film? I couldn't help myself. It was right there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about The Rental. So yeah, this was one that obviously um, came out about three or four weeks ago at this point. Um, and obviously, as we were kind of like watching our, what was it, Scream and our TV, our Twilight Zone, and mm-hmm. obviously a lot of Shudder releases, this was one of the only few, like, just straight to digital yeah, releases. that snuck out there. Yeah, and kind of looked interesting, you know, like, for a few different reasons, really. Um, I think mainly the kind of the cast and the director um, is not something you traditionally see with a lot of indie horror i guess um mm-hmm. because this is the directorial debut of dave franco um yeah so yeah i remember hearing about that a while ago like last year that he was doing a horror movie and i was like oh that's really weird and he he wrote this movie with joe swanberg who's also um mm. very well known in horror you know he's in vhs and a lot of other different stuff um so i think that's where he kind of gets his um horror influences i guess more from because joe has made a lot of different horror movies um yeah. and yeah this kind of has some pretty big names in it um alison brie his real wife um is in it um so that makes sense why she's in it um and then also dan stevens um another big name who yeah he he was in apostle wasn't he aka um, beast yes beast <laughs> but also in the great movie apostle um but also yeah, the guest beast <laughs> um and so yeah like this is a weird one where if you didn't know anything about this you'd be like okay it's this really small little indie movie that barely got a release but then you're like huh it's got some like big names in it and obviously like a big name director who's obviously yeah making his debut um and yeah i mean should we go into the plot of this one do it i mean um yeah going into this this was one that i almost knew nothing about Mm. um which is always fun and kind of had me guessing as to what the rental actually meant as a title and everything yeah. else. Um, <laughs> but basically um, we meet these two couples who um, uh, Dan, um, Dan Stevens and Alison Brie are husband and wife. And then uh, play, they play Charlie and Michelle and then uh, Charlie's um, partner in his business is played um, is a character called Mina and she's going out with Charlie's brother, Josh, mm. if you've kept up with all of that. Um, <laughs> so we have these four people um, who are all interlinked somewhat uh, going away. And they, they kind of, um, Charlie and Mina have just kind of made this big business deal and they want to celebrate. Um, so they book this very lavish, uh, crazy kind of um house for the weekend to rent it out right on the ocean and kind of just want to get away and have a weekend of um kind of partying and uh fun activities with the four of them Mm. um i i don't know how far to go with the plot because it does start to get kind of somewhat spoilery quite quickly um I was going to say that I think because this movie has been out for like three weeks and due to the nature of the plot, I think this will be one that we can definitely give our overall thoughts. But if we are going to deep dive and be specifics, it's going to be impossible without talking spoilers, I think. Yeah, as I'm already struggling. Yeah. Um, but basically they meet we the owner. A warning, obviously. Yeah, they, they meet the owner of the... Um, 
uh, or the owner's brother of the rental property, who is a proper mm. shady character and kind of puts them uneasy to begin with. Um, there's kind of some beef with Mina and the fact that she tried to book it with her name got rejected and then Charlie booked it and got got the booking accepted and kind of there's all these kind of undertones going on and um yeah they don't get off to a good start with him and they've also brought their pet dog and there's explicitly no pets rules and so um yeah you you're kind of waiting for things to start to go bad at that point really because you start to sense that they're pushing the limits and um the the people that they're renting off aren't exactly the um, nicest people either. Mm. Um, and yeah, kind of as the weekend goes on, uh, more and more kind of things start to happen, really. Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave it there, I think. Yeah, I think that's as much as we can do, really. We can just give mm. our overall thoughts. But um, yeah, for, for me, this movie was a, a weird one. And I think as this conversation is going to go, it's going to be one of those movies where I'll probably end up sounding like I disliked it quite a bit over the course of the conversation because I think that it has a lot of problems um, and there's just a lot missing that, that would make it really, really good. But I think when I was actually just watching it and in the moment, I did have fun. I, I enjoyed what was happening. Um, I was definitely interested and invested in what was going on, um, definitely in the first half. And kind of like I liked how much they were setting up all this different stuff. And it's it's definitely worth noting that this is 100% one of those slow burn movies, um, mm. like especially from a horror perspective, um, because it, it for, for the most part, it just plays out like a soap opera, I guess. Like it's a, yeah, it's a lot think, to do with these four characters and their relationships. I think that's why like my premise that I've described is... Mm almost like half the movie yes. of, of them just having this weekend and us getting that character development and, and mm. fully understanding the dynamic of the four of them yes totally and it's like and then it's like oh, okay and then there's some you know these weird little moments like what you said because i think i think that's definitely not a spoiler of like the the guy who's like who gives him the keys like he's got all this different shady stuff going on and then there's like they find pretty early on like this locked room under the house and you're like oh god what's yeah, going on crazy. there yeah and so like and it's just all these like like you say these very small little scenes that, yeah that were kind of like as you're watching it you're like oh, okay i get that this is a slow burn i, I like they're focused on the characters first and foremost. And obviously that's a risk because if you just don't give a shit at all, then you're going to switch off. Um, for me personally, I did find them engaging and interesting enough that I wasn't switched off. And then once horror stuff started to happen, I was like, oh, okay, we're actually, okay, this is a horror film. Cool. Um, and then when the movie ended, it was one of those ones where like, as it was going on, I was in the moment, I was enjoying it. The second the credits were on, I was kind of sat there like, yeah that was a film and then and then just immediately didn't think about it ever again and it's one of those ones i think is very forgettable um it didn't excel in any area i think that my main thing with it is it definitely feels like a debut in the worst way possible um and that's not that shouldn't sound i hope that doesn't sound too harsh because i mean that in the sense of like there are clearly obvious things as a filmmaker that he will just get better at as time goes on and i think that it just it just you watch this movie and you're like, yep, I can totally tell this is the first time someone's made a movie. Um, and so uh, I think, yeah, overall thoughts though, like I, I did like the movie, um, even though it's probably sounding again negative. And I think that maybe it is just 2020 because I think we've seen around like 25 movies, I think at this point this year. So not a huge amount. And I would put this around like the middle. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of movies that we've seen a lot better than this. And there's a lot of movies that we've seen a lot worse than this. So it's one of those ones I think, I don't really have strong opinion on either way because I think it's good overall and I enjoyed it, but I don't know if, if someone else was like, oh, it was boring, I switched it off half an hour, I'd be like, yeah, I totally get that. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, it's kind of, 
interesting really because pretty much everything you said was almost how i felt exactly mm. um i um you know the movie itself was pleasant whilst watching and mm. kind of um, as you said i enjoyed the characters um a lot unfolded the way I expected it to unfold, yeah. but I still found it entertaining Yeah, uh, just to see this kind of, you know, it was almost like putting us in the perspective of we can see these dominoes fall in and we just have to see it happen and there's nothing we can do about it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh no, please don't. And then, and then, yeah, it happens. Um, and, um, yeah, kind of, but yeah, as soon as the movie ended, I, I was exactly the same where I was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like this didn't offend me and like, you know, it was, it was good, but then yeah, just, just not anything, it, nothing next level happened, you know, nothing mm. did it to amp it up to where I needed it to be really. Um, yeah. And, and so overall I, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie as a watch. I don't regret seeing it, but also didn't really give it much of a thought. And even when we kind of haven't seen this movie a few days ago now, kind of getting ready to record this podcast, I was like, right. Okay. What what were the beats? What were the things I need to kind of touch mm. upon for talking about this? And I was like, there's not like a great deal that um, I I found too engaging to want to kind of bring up as a conversation piece, really. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest problem with it. I think it's I I kind of think the biggest problem was was with the script and the the slow burn aspect of it. And also, mm. I mean, it's just not maybe not even that. Maybe just the fact that like we're not slow burn guys. Because like I've seen a lot of slow burn movies that I really don't like, and I'm not a slow burn guy, and so this mm. one, you know, for me, for me to get out of it and, and enjoyed it throughout, you know, it, it did its job, um, and so you know, as far as like slow burn movies go, like this, this is this is decent. Do you know what I mean? It's just like this is not yeah. my genre. I never know with that anymore because I would have said a few years ago, like, I'm absolutely not a slow burn guy, but then it depends what you classify because, like, Midsummer and The Lighthouse are two of my all-time favourite movies and, like, are they slow burn? I don't know. Like, to me, they're not because they're interesting from the second they yeah, start. But I really don't know. It's difficult, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think um, obviously having the cast, it has helped as well mm. um, because it is a stellar cast and... All, all four um, of our kind of main characters were really well-rounded, really well-written characters. Um, you know, we got so much backstory on him that I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like when I when I'm thinking about this movie, I'm like, I know so much about Charlie and Josh mm. and kind of their backgrounds and and you know what what Josh got up to when he was younger and Charlie's old relationships. I know so much about these characters that um, you know you don't often get in movies and you know because we spend this amount of time with them um i do think kind of you know when the um horror aspects started to unfold um especially kind of when we got to the real finale and i won't kind of spoilers but when we got into the real kind of meat of the the action slash horror um it, it needed to go a bit more mm. it was and i think this is where you kind of touched upon with with kind of franco's first out and that you know he needed to kind of keep keep the camera on and give us something and not just pan away and not just be like because it's a slow burn we're going to pan away and not give you it like you know you've kept me engaged for over an hour now now reward me um and i think that's where this movie probably missed the mark the most with me is that it didn't fully reward me when we got to that final bit 
Um, yeah, I think it gives up the tension too quickly because it's mm. it's kind of like say when you have a slow burn, and as we keep saying, if you've invested in the characters, which I think we both were, you kind of you've got us at that point, and you kind of like what you were going for is this slow burn character driven piece, and it's worked, and so then it's like right going into the final act, you have to keep that tension. And again, I'm I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but I will say that the the moments of horror are over so quickly that you don't even really get a sense to like feel the impact of them it's almost like wait is is that happened now and is that all we're going to get to see and and then it's over and then like that happens a few times and then the movie kind of ends and i was like wow like i'm kind of blown away that i'd spent so long with these characters who are then just kind of like you know thrown to the side sort of thing yeah Um, it was almost kind of three movies where mm -hmm. we had this kind of character piece of these four people and the shenanigans that they get up to and their troubles for the weekend we then have kind of um this this other element that gets added in um, with with kind of the the guy that's renting it and kind of you know he he is one of the other main characters in the film and he comes back a couple of times and that sort of thing and then we kind of get this other third element that I can't really go into and they all kind of it's the the third element is the one that kind of kicks things off for the final act and really mm-hmm. is the driving force for the final act and it's the least interesting of the three yeah um, you know I uh, I guess kind of it's the pivotal scene where where things start to kind of really kick off uh the first bit of kind of action slash violence that we get in the movie like that whole scene i thought was really well done really brought to a crescendo perfectly and then kind of um yeah i was then interested to see how that unfolded and then Mm. we got this whole new element that, that dominated the end of the movie and yeah it just kind of I think that's the part really that it just kind of it didn't it didn't stick with me as much because I was I was in the other stuff and that all ended too quickly and then the other stuff just happened way too fast that may have made no sense because it's very difficult (laughs) to talk about when you've not seen the movie um potentially but but yeah I mean I don't necessarily need to go into spoilers but I think um yeah that that's the biggest part for me where it was kind of so many different elements that came into play at the end and the one that they went with was the least interesting to me yeah i think what what we kept going down to really was like the characters were so strong and i think that's my only biggest takeaway when i'll I'll think about this movie in the future is kind of like man that cast was really strong and i think that obviously yeah you have the two big name actors who are great but the other three who round out the kind of main five talking roles in this movie um are all brilliant they're they all really play those roles really well and i think they're all super believable as well um and so yeah i think that was my biggest takeaway is like he kind of got one of the and again this you you have to say like well is it his directing ability and and obviously he is an actor right so like that is going to be when you think about it in in very basic terms mm. kind of like if he's giving direction to actors he's probably pretty goddamn good at that because he is an actor yeah um, you'd like to think that's a strength that would transcend to directing yes. for for an actor turned director and i think that shows you know the fact that as we've said this is his debut and i think to get such a strong overall cast um of characters and then yeah it's like okay there's going to be certain elements that definitely don't unfold like this isn't the best looking movie we've seen um and definitely a lot of scenes are just over too quickly and then he needs to learn those kind of i think of something like um 
Invisible Man from earlier this year and how, um, you know, Lee Winnell, he knows what he's doing because he's done it so, so many times at this point. And so mm. he knows when to ratchet up that tension, when to leave you in that moment and keep that sp- suspense throughout. Um, and I think a movie like this that has such a small amount of characters in a small location, he needs to just keep that tension dialed all the way up to 10 throughout. And I think that once you get the reveal, um, which we're avoiding, but once you get that reveal, I feel like the tension was pretty much gone from that point i really didn't feel Mm. too much tension once he shoo me his hand and i was like oh that's what the movie's about now okay and then i just wasn't really tense throughout it yeah Um, it's because kind of everything that we've been building up to kind of does become inconsequential yeah um and and yeah i think that's kind of you know ultimately by the end of the movie i was like okay well that's kind of pointless like didn't really need to care about these people as much as i thought i needed to yeah for sure i mean so i do want to talk just briefly spoilers yeah. so what, what would your recommendation be for this one first and foremost um, i mean i think um right now it's a paid for um mm. download i think kind of you know if it gets on a on-demand service that you have it's worth a watch but i wouldn't be paying for it yeah i completely agree i i wouldn't pay full price like we did for this um but yeah if it comes to i i can't imagine shudder but maybe a netflix or something else um it's it's interesting if you, and especially if you're like a person who really likes to see great acting then this is one that you'll enjoy but if you just want to see straight horror um i would give this one an avoid um but uh yeah like going into spoilers um obviously you know it's it's about this kind of this love triangle or not even that really just like a, a couple that are um you know cheating on their spouses um and then they're worried about finding out and then one of them finds that there's like maybe a camera in the shower and obviously it results in the scene with taylor coming over uh mina confronts him um and then char is it uh josh um yeah josh like beats the living hell out of him and Mm -hmm. so you'll and then you have that cool you know I know what you did last summer moment of like, right, we may have accident or, you know, this guy may have killed someone. Mm. Um, how do we handle this? Well, he may or may not be a creep. We, we really don't know, you know, did the cameras catch it? How are we going to find the cameras and all this stuff? Um, yeah. And even before that kind of went down, they didn't act, Josh didn't actually kill him. And that was the part that I kind of yes. quite enjoyed. The, the, well, we didn't the, know at that point. Sorry. Well, they, they said he was still breathing, but he might have like he could have naturally died after that. No, there's a scene where the uh, the third the extra guy who actually yeah I'm talking before that. Oh right, yeah, but yeah, because like before they get along, that, it's yeah, like yeah, he they, just beats just... the hell out of him. He looks dead. One of them does check for a pulse, and they're like, oh, he's yeah. still breathing, but that doesn't mean he's going to like live. <laughs> you know, he no, could have easily died no, after. No, but I really enjoyed the fact that the guy kind of came along and just kind of. Um, uh, yeah smothered him um mm. and then kind of you know it may escalate this to a whole nother level and yeah the whole kind of i know what you did last summer part of this movie when they're like trying to get rid of the body and and looking at things and and all of that stuff was thoroughly entertaining and, and a real throwback to to a movie that i love anyway and kind of just made me think like oh yeah i, I want more of this sort of thing mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird with that scene when the when the guy comes, you know, all dressed in black, because it's like, yeah, we first we see a shot of someone looking at like a phone of a different camera angle, mm. um, and so then you realize, okay, there's multiple cameras, and then he comes and kills the guy, and I think to me that was when I lost tension because I was like, okay, there's a third party who's doing the murder, and you know, it wasn't 
essentially Taylor. We still don't know if he was like a creep or not. And, you know, he might have still done something with um, the dog and all stuff like that. But like, mm. I feel like at that point, it was kind of like, oh, OK, it's now these four people that are just going to get taunted by this random figure. And it was like, oh, OK, you know, will he be interesting? Will it be will it be the actual owner of the um, the rental who's like really elusive and we don't see for some reason? Or, you know, will it be like that this guy who was saying he was the brother was actually lying and he killed the original owner or something along those lines? And I think there's just so many different like plot stuff that they could have done and the fact that he really wanted to go with no it's just that creepy stranger who just murders you for no reason at all and then he goes and does it in another house because that's that's what he is like i don't know we've seen that in so many movies and it just when as soon as they want to do that whole faceless killer thing i just find it pretty dull um And I don't think this movie done it very well either, especially towards the end when they're, they're making it very clear that it's like, no, he does all this meticulousness. He takes out all these cameras and then he does it all again. And I was like, but why though? I don't, I don't really get it. Like he kills them in such easy and uninteresting ways. Yeah, he exactly. didn't, he didn't need to have a million and, cameras and in this I house. I would say, why is he filming it? Because he's just going to look mm. back and be like, well, I just wrecked that person in four seconds. Like he's not, like and he's why not did he? Sort of- why did he like try and send because he sends one of them like the footage of like the cheating so then he's like yeah. why was he trying to turn them against each other to then just immediately kill them anyway like i just didn't it was weird yeah, to me. I, I, it was because when he first smothered the guy and i thought mm-hmm. oh he's gonna make them play off against each other because yeah. now suddenly we've got this divide and like maybe he's gonna be more puppet master mm. um as opposed just to from the distance. yeah and and suddenly now they all blame joss and then charlie might attack josh and you know mm. they actually might start because we already know that they're you know that they've cheated you know two, two of the people have cheated on the other two and a guy is now dead as well mm. so like there is a lot of volatility that could happen between this foursome and none of that boils down to anything um mm. whereas yeah there, there was that moment when i thought he was just watching and just going to record it and just be yeah just this, he he's almost like jigsaw playing this game where like he's going to make them turn against each other and i thought oh that's going to be awesome um you know i could really see josh turning um mm. because it almost like you know he know like he already feels like he's got blood on his hands and feels like he's killed mm. someone and then sees that video and then goes at charlie or goes at mina and like yeah i really thought that was how it was going to break down and yet it was disappointing to me that it didn't yeah because like that's why i think we're frustrated is that they've created these really interesting dynamic characters and then there's so many different ways they could have gone with it and then what they went with was no we have four interesting characters they're now going to become just like um body count essentially and and killed in really quick ways and then but then the main drive and reveal is haha it was a faceless killer and oh don't you don't you you don't i bet you don't trust going to a rental house anymore because there could be a guy that set up cameras to murder you and like i just didn't find that as the interesting like no like that that to me wasn't like the interesting thing right at the end of like oh i guess i better not go in a house ever again in my life (laughs) um and it's like and especially because the whole movie is centered around um charlie and mina and their relationship and and so and and people not finding out about it yet when michelle finds out about it we get like one scene and then she dies and then when josh finds out about it we get like one scene and then he dies and so it was very much like wow you really didn't even let those characters explore those avenues of like how they'd react to that information um no well it was funny as well because kind of the only the only real character that didn't do there wasn't like a pretty much a piece of shit was yeah. Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, she's because the only like, Charlie and Mina cheated, so they're already written off. And then mm. Josh does pretty much kill a man with his bare yeah. hands. 
Whereas Michelle is the only one really that doesn't do a lot wrong. Um, she just gets screwed over throughout the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, bit, bit, a bit of drug use, but um, you know, uh, and and she's the one that gets taken out first. Mm. So I, I was then like, well, who the hell is going to be the final like person mm -hmm. in this movie? And then and then yeah, when when it was left to just Mina, I was like, there's no way in hell Mina survives this. If she does, yeah. I'd be more angry. Like <laughs> I'd be more angry if she survives this than the faceless killer finale <laughs> that we got. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I did find the 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 whole kind of Charlie Mina thing kind of hilarious though, because the movie opens and you think they're a couple. Yeah. And then and then obviously when it's revealed they're not, you're like, oh no, they're clearly gonna sleep together. Yeah. And then like <laughs> it's the most like everyone knew what was gonna happen. Mm. Like Michelle and Josh knew what was gonna happen, along with Charlie and Mina, but they all let it happen. And us as yeah. audience viewers were just like, It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, yeah, it's happening. And like, but the way it unfolded, I just found, I just thought it was perfect how kind of Michelle goes off to bed. And then when, when Mina goes to check on Josh, he's passed out. And in the meantime, Charlie has started up the hot tub. Like he didn't mean to just set up the hot tub for the two of them, but then inadvertently within two minutes, they're alone in a hot tub together. I just thought yeah. the whole thing was genius how it unfolded. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, it, it, it just proper made me laugh because I, oh. You can just see the dominoes falling. Like I said, there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, again, like there's a lot of stuff here, I think, with these characters that could have been interesting. Because I agree with you where I think Josh and Michelle absolutely knew that it was going to happen. And I think that mm. obviously Michelle has that moment when she hears about how um, Charlie was basically, he has this habit of like, cheating on girlfriends and then getting with the next girl and that's the new relationship um and so and so you know she has this like realization but i think even moments like that it's like she deep down she knew that and so did josh yeah. where it's like because he even says on the beach like they, uh, i'm yeah. afraid that mina's gonna break up with me because i'm not good for her and you clearly get that vibe of like mina's only with you because she, like it's the next best thing as his brother you know because she can't get charlie yeah um so Michelle i do think basically it is says that where she's yeah. like i i accept those two are you know extremely close maybe gonna bang each other a bit but you know <laughs> as long as long as as long as he comes back to me it's all good right yeah you know it was it weird. was it was very odd but well, when it first I, I, started, I thought it was like a, um, you know, like a polyamorous relationship between the two yeah. of them because, like, he is literally all over Mina in that opening scene, and then he yeah. goes home to his wife, and I was like, does he just have like a girlfriend and a wife? Because that is a thing that happens, and then like they didn't obviously go in that direction. But I was like, man, I kind of expected that to be what Dave was gonna was mm. going for in this movie. It would be such like a twenty twenty thing. Yeah, um, it's it's odd, isn't it? I think mm. I think the thing that's interesting though that the second we go into spoiler territory we're just talking about relationships and stuff like we're That's talking about like, yeah exactly we're not talking about anything horror we could be like oh remember <laughs> that guy got hit with a hammer and then he was dead because <laughs> that's yeah, exactly that's what happens like, we, might, we might as well just break down beauty and the beast like, <laughs> you know. no apostle I, I, is a great I, film all right I, I watch it thoughts watch apostle and the guest they're both great films um yeah that's pretty much it for this movie it's a weird one like you say i, th I do think it's an interesting one at least to talk about um and i'm glad we went spoilers because it does become more interesting and it's like it's one of those ones that the more i think about it, i am more mildly disappointed i guess because i think that it had a lot of elements that i really enjoyed and yeah. i definitely want to see dave make more movies that's for sure um definitely. but uh yeah that was our discussion of the rental we will take a short break and we'll be right back
So yeah, we do have some listener feedback this week. Um, of course, if you always want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at shbpod. If you want to send us a longer email, it's superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Blu-rays recently. Um <laughs> for us and our listeners and uh yeah sean got in touch because um he i think he just wanted to make me really jealous and he has the incredibly gorgeous uh i think it's the collector's edition blu-ray for midsummer um yeah i haven't which, seen a lot of blu-rays like this yeah um i hadn't even seen this prior to when he first spoke about it like i didn't see when pre-orders went up or anything no, um no, and yeah seeing this thing like in the flesh and hearing him talk about it it's so incredible um i love how it just doesn't look like anything else it's essentially in this like hardbound book um with a bunch of lovely like artwork from the movie which is insane and just so much care and love that has gone into it um and i think the fact that it is a 4k remaster of the movie as well is is so cool um because you know as we move closer and closer away from blu-ray i guess and more towards 4k um and it's just you know it is the best version of that movie now is the 4k version um and that's awesome i think the only downside of course is the lack of no new extras on it um mm. and as i said before like i desperately want a director's commentary for midsummer um, yeah it's a travesty how time. many versions of this movie yeah. that has come out and there's still no director's commentary yeah it really sucks so like that frustrates me no end because i just want to hear ari talk over this movie um but like you say other than that this is stunning um looks absolutely incredible like if people haven't seen it look it up it's this like yellow book cover um it's like the a the special a24 director's cut uh collector's edition um but yeah it's it's incredible i really really want one <laughs> um so yeah and like sean um, you, you just have like some of the most insane blu-rays i imagine like i can't imagine what your collection is like at this point um but yeah, keep 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 all the good photos coming. Like, I live vicariously through you guys just to look at the photos. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good for my addiction just to like yes. see it. <laughs> yeah, then, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> it, it'll just be it'll be problematic when those Friday the Thirteenth ones we start to see oh, those God. because yeah. that's the one for me where I'm like yep. I've wanted that as a collection for so mm -hmm. long um, because like we can't get a good version or a version of Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth over here like all mm -hmm. on one collection um like we've got a nightmare on elm street one it's very it's bang average but at least we've got it so like you can have them all on a blu-ray collection but like yeah the, that collection just looks insane yeah for sure like i think um you know the, as we've been discussing like there's been more and more of these like exclusives abroad now and like other mm -hmm. companies getting involved and i think that that's what's been so disappointing um from a fan perspective for me anyway for arrow in 2020 where like they had another release i think a couple of weeks ago where they did their like upcoming slate it might even be their october slate yeah. which is you know, supposedly their biggest one and and it's not just me because i always like to look at the comments to see what the general fan feedback is and everyone was disappointed being like what are these movies like how is like shout factory getting the friday the 13th collection and you're getting this like weird obscure thing that no one cares about um so yeah, that exactly. is frustrating. You know, they were they were going large with hellraiser trilogy mm. and stuff you know and it's just kind of it is very disappointing you know the the creep show um edition that, that we talked about last week is pretty much the only like really you know top-notch arrow release mm -hmm. this year and yeah the, i've dried up buying them i haven't got any pre-ordered at this point yeah which is crazy like with that used to be a thing we would just constantly haven't gone oh my god i can't believe Candyman's now coming out and has this new awesome yeah, release Candyman, and... hills of eyes like um american werewolf in london mm -hmm. last s on the left you know they were just like yeah. banging them out last year and you know robocop finally and like yeah, yeah now now just yeah it's been 
for me it's pretty weird. barren i haven't been buying many at all of them yeah for sure so i hope they can figure it out because yeah even the companies like obviously i think it was second sight got like dawn of the dead for later this year and there are companies out there that are getting these big licenses like you know i dread to think how hard it was to get that friday the 13th one <laughs> like yeah, god only right. knows how difficult that was um but yeah it, it's a shame for sure um yeah. but it's cool though it's good that there's good competition and it's not just arrow but i think that yeah I, now that the other companies i think have raised their game arrow needs to do the same um but yeah i guess finishing us off this week um it's funny that you mentioned um creep show 2 um mm. i watched a movie this week uh called creep show 2 yeah. um <laughs> it was a, it was a weird one for me like i enjoyed it um even though it wasn't too special in any way like obviously mm. like what you, you said before really there's only three segments and yeah i like them even though they're super light on content really like pretty much all three of them you could describe in like less than a sentence yeah um, they're just kind of dumb i mean the first one in particular with like the, yeah um, the uh what is it like the um the indian statue yeah, that comes that, alive yeah. and like the statue doesn't come like the statue's clearly going to come alive in the opening <laughs> scene in the movie and the statue doesn't come alive until 40 minutes in <laughs> yeah i i loved that segment though that that was definitely my favorite i think they got progressively worse for me um but i i really liked this segment because i thought the i just love the acting of everyone and that that showdown i obviously i won't it's not, not too mindful for spoilers i guess because maybe he's old i wouldn't health. be too mindful yeah for but like the, the kind of there's like a robbery going on in a shop and like yeah. i just found that scene actually like genuinely really tense and yeah well because this shop owner is such a nice guy yeah he, well both like, of them played like as such this kind of sympathetic character so yeah mm. you just feel for him and his wife so much yeah like the the main leader of the gang is like the perfect shithead he's so good in that role and so yeah like great hair yeah um and so like i was super tense and then when like shit actually happens and people get killed i was like fuck i was like genuinely shocked that, that yeah. happened um because you're you are like you say you're expecting the indian to come in and like stop the you know the the you know the robbery from happening and it doesn't yeah. happen and i was like wow goddamn um so i really like that segment the and then, yeah. avenger not the preview <laughs> yeah christ that's uh that's one for a very i think that's just for me that one i was gonna say like not many listeners um it was purely for you but i yeah. think you appreciate it so i do um but it, it did throw me slightly <laughs> i mean that's my sole intent i know it is um but the, the raft was very silly and enjoyable like it was absolutely ridiculous the, the second segment just stupid it was just basically a sponge in the water that just wrecked everyone it just looked like a pole covering or something. It was just ridiculous. Mm. And then, yeah, like the, the last one again was just super zany and silly and had some, again, like they always have the great effects. They have these moments, yeah. Yeah, where it's like they they really do nail. And I think that's what the show did so well, especially in, you know, of season one of Creep Show, of like the, mm. the practical effects were fantastic. And so I'm glad they're keeping that. And yeah, they just need to get some like better stories, I guess. But I still enjoyed it. It was a weird one. Like I, I need, enjoyed the movie. I need to lend you my comic book though of the fourth segment. Yeah, I'll have uh, to check that it out. It's the best segment. <laughs> yeah, like I'm really in a kick now because there's loads of these different ones. Um, mm. And because I've been watching, obviously I've, I finished Goosebumps over the last week. Um, mm -hmm which is pretty insane i've seen all of the episodes now in the last sort of couple of months and like the quality definitely starts to drop off a cliff towards the end <laughs> um the fourth season in particular which is just four two-parters is really does feel like either they had a very small amount of money left over so they just made the episodes or what these were the episodes of... they had that they just thought well why don't we just chuck them out now because the show's getting cancelled was anyway. that one of the ones with like where they time traveled or something there was like a different dimension or something was that 
was that one oh of there's those? there's a free part uh the chillology free part are in yeah. uh season three which involves like um this this like town fake town yeah. that they go into yeah um that those were weird because they were the first episodes that were like original stories that yeah, weren't i remember on that goosebumps. and i was like oh I'll just go back to goosebumps story yeah um and then they did that and they still weren't great um because yeah. i think i think it might have just been the quality of the books that they had left over it was like god what have we got now like cry of the cat christ okay um but like yeah like you could t- i could see why the show got cancelled basically because yeah. they really hit their stride like season one and season two is so good um and then it just really started to go downhill but i still enjoyed it i'm glad i've seen them all yeah. now and i really cannot wait for the show to come back um and yeah i did start tales from the crypt but i'm, I'm pretty early on so i will uh, talk about that in the coming weeks i've only watched like the first three at this point um nice. but I'm, I'm buzzing to check out more man i'm really in the vibe now of like the anthology stuff so yeah i can't wait. i, I want to watch like the movies again because i've not seen the tales from the crypt movies in god knows how long I need to um, find my uh freddy's nightmares yes uh, dvd <laughs> see i was hoping you would have <laughs> not yet not yet i mean <laughs> there's a there's a there's a pretty good chance as well that i have my freddy's nightmare vhs tapes which have <laughs> well, way more find episodes a, on then you gotta find a player <laughs> i have one yeah because <laughs> i um, definitely don't but uh yeah no i've i've been watching uh something that's taken up a fair bit of time because it's a four-hour documentary oh nice <laughs> uh I've, I've been watching um in search of darkness the 80s horror doc again nice i need to watch um, that again and i'm now watching it the right way and that's with a bit of pen and paper next to me yes. to jot down the names <laughs> of all the movies a that i haven't seen or b that i just want to see again because it's been so long yes um and yeah, I'm I'm probably I don't know about a third the way through the documentary, and I've already got like six or seven movies on my <laughs> list that I really want to watch. Um, so yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and yeah, I can't say enough good things about that documentary. It's just mad that they got mm-hmm. everyone, you know, um, having kind of you know everyone that's well, pretty much just everyone who's still living um, is is involved in it. There's there's I think it's probably like Bruce Campbell. Shockingly, is like mm-hmm. probably the only person that's not talking on it. Um, I was trying to think. I don't. I can't remember if it's in Robert England yet. I can't remember if he's in it yet or not. I know, um, like Jamie wasn't on it. Yeah, um, there, there is a very but like considering they're gone for such a uh, scale. Because mm. when when you know, for me, like uh, recently watching the Ghostbusters documentary, which was fantastic, but there is a giant Bill Murray shaped hole. The fact that they've got <laughs> a Harold Ramis documentary before uh, interview before he passed, and yet they mm. don't have Bill Murray is just like incredible and it's not even referenced um it's just in like in 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 the promotional packaging like the the booklet it's like one sentence about bill murray and that's it like it, you can tell it's just that's such a so funny because they yeah. always like like ghostbusters that's just ridiculous to me because there's hardly mm. any characters anyway and then you don't have one of your like the most popular ones that's, and again i i get it like what can you do you know if he doesn't want to answer your calls he doesn't he doesn't want to come but um yeah it is obviously unfortunate so yeah i do think it is a good point of something like this where it's like god how did they manage to get as many yeah, people yeah it's did? just it's just like when you know when when they talk about these movies and then they bring up like you know like they start talking about um dream warriors and they just have like the actor who plays kincaid talking about it loads and then like when they talk about um you know all, all the different ones um you know they they really uh the sh- you know they have stretch from uh, talking at, l- at length about um texas chainsaw 2 and just like get yeah, all of these kind of great uh characters that you just haven't seen for so long and it was just mm-hmm. awesome to see and like there's a lot of heather langenkamp which is good because you don't see her in a lot of documentaries either um, yeah so yeah they, they just got like a real a real stellar cast and yeah yeah it's just um 
it's a fantastic win for Shudder to have it on there. Yeah, for me, that's one of the biggest like success stories of something like Kickstarter I've ever seen personally, because I think that is why you can get that many people, where mm. they obviously had a bit of clout behind them because they'd done some other documentaries focusing on other stuff, to- different topics. And so then when they did the horror one and it blew up, um, and they obviously got a different load of different backers, then you can go to these bigger names and be like, look, the hair is the... like." um you know outpouring of support for this movie we can now you know get give you a bigger fee essentially and get these bigger names involved and so that's awesome mm. and i think that's why you're seeing obviously they're doing the the sequel or like the part two mm. or whatever um this later this year yeah, and yes yeah, you know being being on something like shudder like you say like to me that is a match made in heaven like shudder have picked up a lot of different stuff that always mm. makes me smile this is the best thing I, like, they've ever picked up i think <laughs> of like man you want the definitive like horror documentary ever made you have to have that on shudder and that is literally think, a thing to buy the service for is this oh, one yeah, documentary. 100% 100% you know that's um it's definitely right i think um i think fans were disappointed though when part two comes out and it's the uh troll uh documentary maker doing the exact same thing but a microwave massacre yeah i was gonna uh, say if it's an add-on that just talks about troll and microwave massacre yeah. i'll take it because yeah. yeah do they do they mention troll i can't even remember if they do or not i don't think they do i, I don't know what mm-hmm. year troll came out because i'm only in like 83 84 something like that right now yeah uh, it um, came out in 86 okay yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not there yet in the documentary but i don't, I don't remember troll collection blu-ray no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> Got to always have it on hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's all good stuff, really. We've been watching some pretty cool stuff lately. Um, and yeah, next week, we are back on Shudder um, with Random Acts of Violence, uh, which comes out, I believe, um, on the 17th. Uh, is that right? No, the 19th, I think. Um, so sometime next week. Um, but, so yeah, we'll have a sort of spoiler-free discussion uh, a little bit ahead of the release. Um, and yeah, I think we talked about it in the news a few weeks ago, but this one looks really cool. I'm really excited for it. Um, it does yeah, look sure. good, yeah. It's yeah. one that we've been waiting for a little while to to watch ready yeah. ready ready to put the episode up before uh, before the release yeah it'll be cool so yeah definitely looking forward to that one next week um but yeah that was episode 208 where we discussed the rental uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't believe because i never could how could i start now